kick it. Yes, you can. Can I kick it? 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 Yes, you can. I'm gone. Can I kick it? All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast coming to you from a shared universe podcast studio. I'm Weston. With me to my left is my right-hand man, Lou. Lou, coming into this evening, we discussed uh, this show's entry song, and you threw out a few jams by a, a tribe called Quest. Pretty tough task to choose between tribe songs. Yeah. Why did we choose Can I Kick It? I felt like I wanted to like mellow down the vibe in the beginning. We have a lot of hype, you know, songs in the in the beginning of the shows. Just wanted to smooth it out, mellow it down. And I feel like with the sh- it's appropriate for the show we're going to be doing right now because we're going to be kicking like a bunch of ninjas right now. <laughs> Honestly, to me, tribe is just mood music. You know, yeah. it just gets you in a, a different groove, different feeling. So love the choice as always. But tonight we're back. Want to have a little fun with some potential trades that can still transpire over the next few weeks as we hit that inevitable post-June 1st date in the collective bargaining agreement and in the league year. And we'll put our little spin on it with uh, some deal or no deal flavor to it. So we have four very specific individuals in mind. We have some scenarios planned out. So do you want to kind of set the table as to what the banter might entail for us. Yeah, let's get the plates and the forks and the napkins. Let's go. So basically, this is what we're going to be doing to set everything up. Uh, Weston and myself will be opposing GMs trying to facilitate and negotiate a trade for the hot names that are currently on the trade market right now. It's nothing different than what we've done in the past in regards to like, you know, fancy football trades and what have you. So basically what we're going to be doing is we're each assigned as a general manager, and we're just going to facilitate trades and see if we can get something done. Done. Yeah, I think it's important that everybody like, – the intention here is to be realistic, have a little fun with it, our own flavor, our own spin, but to part some knowledge as to – not exactly as these conversations go down, but – what does it look and feel like that this is a negotiation? This is a sales tactic. I'm going to sell high. You want to buy low and what goes into the, to that dialogue. So uh, let's dive right into it. Right. Yeah. All right. So first on the, on the, uh, on the ballad is Julio Jones and I will be playing Falcons GM Terry Fontenot and Weston, let us know who you're going to be playing. I'm going to be Bill Belichick and his dog representing the New England Patriots calling down south to Hotlanta. So ring, ring, ring. What's going on? This is Terry. Terry, Bill over in New England. What's going on, Bill? Next up, Cincinnati. (laughs) We're on to Cincinnati. Um, No secret, words out. Mr. Julio might not want to be there, and I would love to have me and Julio down in the schoolyard singing sweet music together. What's the deal? Listen, we don't want to trade Julio. Julio is the face of our franchise, man. He's perhaps the best player in franchise history. He's our Larry Fitzgerald. Not only does he make our team better, but he makes the perception of our team better. He's great on the field and he's even better off the field. He's a marketing wet dream. All that being said, this is something that 
we're really looking into. It pains us to do this. You don't want to end such a fantastic relationship with such an amazing player, first ballot Hall of Fame player, who still has plenty of juice left in him. But this is, I'm glad you called because I think this is a move we both need. Now, Bill, don't act like seeing Tom Brady win it all last year didn't light a fire under your ass to prove it wasn't him carrying you all these years. I'm just going to say, why else would you spend $200 million this offseason to upgrade your team? Uh, I, I'm interested in hearing what you have to offer. Well, I I want to put things into perspective. So everything you said about Julio is accurate. But I think we're also hitting that point in an individual's career where, let's call it the quote-unquote back nine. He played nine games for you last season. Had that lingering thigh, hamstring, strain, um, career-low numbers, 50 catches, 700 yards, three touchdowns, very un-Julio-like. Mentioned 32 years old. But I'm going to call out the obvious. Hold on, Bill. Hold on. They say 32 is the new 22. I don't say that. (laughs) 30 is the year of death in the NFL. You and I both know that, unless you have a certain pedigree, which he might. We'll find out. Um, Not to discredit anything that he's done to this point, but I... I'm a a student of the game. I'm a student of the numbers. I'm a student of everything that takes place around an organization because not only am I the head coach, I am the general manager of this franchise as well. And I've looked at your cost sheet. I know what he's costing you against the cap this year at 23 million. I know he's going to cost you 19 million next year. You have some other issues that you're going to need to address. I think now's the time to move them as you're trying to get younger. And I'll call it what it is and say an aging veteran who can help my young receiving corpse. That's why I am interested in this individual. So my my ass back to you is what do you want to make that uh, to make this happen? I know how to negotiate. The person who throws out the numbers first is the loser. So I'm going to address some of the things you said real quick. Uh, don't act like salary cap is an issue. I'm tired of hearing that. After what the Rams and Saints did this offseason, uh, I don't want to hear that as an excuse, Bill. I'm sorry I come off as aggressive, but I was born. What's that saying? I was born yesterday. I was born at night, night but night. it wasn't last night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. I win because you couldn't even, you didn't know what you wanted to say. Yeah. So Bill wins again. <laughs> so, you know, he's going to be willing to rework his last couple of years of his deal if he goes to a, a, a contender such as yourself. So I don't want to hear anything about salary cap. And you guys are pretty healthy from a salary cap, cap standpoint. Interesting. You, po- you pointed out the one year that he didn't have like, the majority of the games played. He had nine games played last year, but if you look at the rest, 15 the year before, 16, 16, 14, 16, 15, this guy is one of the best wide receivers in the league. Where would you rank him? Top five at least, right? And don't talk about age because, you know what? Let's play a game real quick, Bill. I love playing games. Who would you rather? Steve Smith or Julio? Steve Smith, who do you think is a better receiver in the career? You know the answer. Okay. Yes, I, I know the answer. Hold on, you know hold the on. answer, so I won't answer it. Okay. Anquan Bolden or Julio? I won't answer it. Okay. You're playing the fifth. I get it. One, two, three, four, five, fifth. So, when Steve Smith was traded to Baltimore, they acquired him when he was 35 years old. Guess what? That year, 35, three years older than Julio is right now. He put up 80 catch, well, 79 catches over 1,000 yards and six touchdowns. What'd they give up to get him? It doesn't matter. It does. We're talking. No, no, no. You're, you're, you're saying aging veteran like he's not going to produce. Next thing, Anquan Bolden. 
that worked out pretty t pretty well for them too. I'm here to dispute the fact that he's washed up. I'm not talking about compensation right now because we'll get into that in a second. But the fact that Anquan Bolden, when he went to Baltimore, he still was putting up a tremendous amount of uh, you know production on a run-based team. I'm sorry. And please don't lowball us. You already gave us a second for Mohamed Sanu. You think we're going to accept something less than a second for Julio Jones? Sorry, man. We have plenty of suitors, too. My, my phone has been ringing off the hook. All right. I'll get right to brass tacks. Go ahead. I'll give you a 2022 second rounder paired with former defensive player of the year, Stefan Gilmore. Glad you didn't lowball me. Um, 30 seconds. No. And, and let me tell you why. I can't. We're, we're in a transitional period, a retooling period. I can't absorb that salary from Gilmore. I love Gilmore. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm going to counter with my first offer, Julio and a six-round pick for a first-rounder next uh, 2022. No. Okay, go ahead. Um, I have another offer. Okay. I, I... Shit. You want, let me give my next offer. I want to accept your previous offer. Well, that's off the table now. You waited too long. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Because here's, here's where I'm torn, right? Let, let's... I got to step out of the role play because this is why where I'm torn. Because if you're giving me Julio and a sixth for a first round pick. I already took it off the table. I know, but I would do that all day, every day. Okay. So let's get back into it. Okay. My next offer would be Julio for a second round pick this year, a fourth round pick this year, and Chase Winovich. You don't need Chase. You re-signed Kyle Van Noy. You also have Joss Uchi who could fill that void. Chase was really good last year. He had 69.5 PFF grade. He's a versatile defender that can play all up and down the line of scrimmage. He had six sacks last year. I think he would fit nicely in a 3-4 alignment. So here we get younger. We get multiple draft picks. I think that's the deal I want to do. I'd counter with a, a third this year. A third. So a third in 2022. A third in 2023. And Stefan Gilmore. Can't do that. Let me tell you why. Your third with Julio is really going to be closer to a fourth-round pick talent-wise. Sure. I can't do that. So when I'm accepting a second-round pick, you have to understand I'm really accepting almost a third-round uh, opportunity, like a third-round talent right there. So it has to be a second-round pick this year, a fourth-round pick this year, and Chase Winovich. Done. All right. Wow. I thought, that was, I thought that was good. Yeah. Um, so, again, out of the role play, okay, yeah, yeah. I have this debate with a lot of – Patriot fans that I know, and every single one of them are like, I'd give up a first round pick for Julio right now. Their their talk is more like, Am I giving up two first round picks for nah, I don't, Julio? Yeah. And I don't see that. But, I was going into this thing, they need holes filled. So yeah. they need multiple. I would rather have multiple picks plus a young ascendant player in Chase Winovich, uh, as opposed to just one first round pick. Because that now you're having three opportunities to land three talents. So I looked at it like I'd have a harder time when I led with what I thought was a very strong offer in a second round with Stefan Gilmore. The harder time that I would have to give up is Stefan Gilmore versus the second round pick. And it's partly because 
this year for Stefan, he has a super low cap number, like seven or eight million dollars from mm-hmm. a premier corner when that should be 16, 17, 18 million dollars. But I'm gonna have to pay him again next year. So if I can be rid of him before I have to pay yep. him with the depth that I have back there, that's almost a win, even though I look at this as a win right now. Again, you talk about Chase Winovich, who who is a good player for us, a consistent player for us, a high motor he had six guy. Six in, in, in a in, in a, a, a like a spotlight role. Yeah, you know, um, th- it's not the picks that scare me. It's it's like the player. Like it's still Julio, even if he's even if he gives me fifty percent production at fifty receptions, seven hundred yards, three four touchdowns. That's still more than any other wide receiver on my team is going to produce. And I just brought in these two stud tight ends in the free agency period. Here's the thing, Julio, when he's on the field, he has the most yards per game in NFL history as a receiver, ninety five point six. Yep, ten almost ten more yards than Calvin Johnson. When he's on that field, he's going to give you numbers. You can line them up all over the place. You can play the big slot. You can play the boundary. We all know that. Uh, but they need multiple. They have multiple holes, and they need a Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. They need multiple picks. Is is the strategy that they want, right? But I think, do I think that's the deal that actually gets it done? No, no. I think it's realistically going to include a first round pick. Because to your point, that first round pick with Julio on the Patriots is going to be no better than twenty, in my opinion. Right. That, that's why I didn't accept your third round. Yep. Like, I, like I was saying, that's really yep. a fourth round. So. so same concept here, but I think – because Atlanta doesn't, to your point, they don't have to move on from him this year. Yeah, you don't, I don't care about this. And, and if you're just... playing with an aging quarterback and an aging wide receiver with some young players, like the motto should be like, well, screw it. Let's try to, let's try to win now. Like what's the other option, right? Like they're not – they don't have all this youth that's saying we're rebuilding, you know what I mean, at two of their premier positions on the offense. And I know who they brought in in, in the draft, but – like they don't have to move on. Yeah, so. I actually think they shouldn't, um, because I would love to see Julio. All those weapons work together. Yeah, and just to go back to like certain teams, the Chargers were infamous. They would always retool, never rebuild. They're not. I feel like Atlanta's kind of stealing uh, uh, their playbook, keeping the, the as opposed to going to the younger quarterback or you know yep. with um, Fields. I feel like they're trying just to tweak and make some retooling. You know, there's no more br- uh, breeze in that division, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a wide there, open division it, now. Well, you got, I mean, you got Tampa, you got, but, ta- you got yeah, Tampa, yeah, yeah. but you do have, to, but like I said, NFC, there's you can definitely get um, become a a, a a a wild card yep. uh, pl- a player in that. And they have an easy schedule this year too. So here's my thought too, right? So I did some digging on precedent. Like, mm-hmm. when has this been done? Julio caliber in the past, or on I've paper. got some things. So. The closest comparison is probably Moss back in 2005 when he went from Minnesota to Oakland. And that cost number seven overall and a player, linebacker Napoleon Harris. And Moss was 28 at the time and arguably, arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. So if you're talking about a first round that's 20 or below, to me that's comparable for a 32-year-old wide receiver. Brandon Cooks twice has drawn late first round picks to be traded from team to team from the Pats one year, right? Um, Or from the Saints to the Pats and from the Pats to the Rams. Amari Cooper to Dallas, 27 overall. The crazy one to me is you remember Roy Williams, Detroit Lions, Roy Williams. So back in 2008, from the Lions to the Cowboys, the Cowboys gave up a first, third, and sixth at the trade deadline. 
and Williams never eclipsed 600 yards receiving. So those are interesting comparisons when it comes to formulating a precedent. But I'm going to have something for you too. It's hard to it's hard to get a first round pick for Julio. I think it will happen, but it's, I think it'll be hard. Obviously, with the challenge in the in salary cap. But in the last 25 years, only there were 11 wide receivers traded for at least one first round pick. Of those, the oldest at the time of the trade were Randy Moss and Joey Galloway. They were both 28 years old. Julio is 32. So think about that. Yep. So they fetched a first-round pick, and th- th- they were the oldest receivers to fetch a first-round pick. Julio's four years older than them. Julio's name carries way more weight than Joey Galloway. But Randy Moss, though. But I'm saying, but Randy, yes, right? Like, I'd argue that at this stage in their career, I'd give up more to go get Moss at that point. Yeah. Um, we know how it worked in Oakland and what happened when he was quickly out of there the following year in New England and set receiving yeah. records, um, et cetera. So... Um, I think that's 2-4 in a Chase Winovich. I think if I surveyed Patriot fans right now, they'd comfortably do that because it doesn't have the connotation of relinquishing a first-round pick. The reality is Bill Belichick doesn't give a shit about first-round picks. He's proven that time and time again. Just spent $200 million in the offseason. He's trying to win and compete now, and Julio helps them do that. I do. I did have in my notes, I actually changed it up. I was going to say a second-round pick this year, a fourth-round pick in 2023. But I'm like, yeah, you know what? Let me throw this – because future-round picks – picks don't hold as much yep. weight in trade value and i'm like let's see if i can sn- you know slide this one into so this year. my first and i to not lowball you but my first one that i had written down here was a 2022 third and stefan and stefan gilmore i actually would have walked out of this room yeah but, <laughs> hey every negotiation i deal with this every day yeah. in my everyday life right like we all start somewhere i start real high my customer starts real low and we try to end up somewhere Dude, in between, i do this you know? all the time with my daughter grayson she wants cookies for breakfast yeah. I'll, I'll meet with you with pancakes but i gotta throw some chocolate chips up in there yeah. man Right, I negotiate with my kid all day. Like, if I don't pick him, if I pick him up from daycare without fruit snacks, he's telling me to stop at the store on the way home. And I'm like, you know what, dude? You'll get two packs of fruit snacks if you're just quiet for the next 15 minutes and we get home. Future considerations. Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. So let's move on to to player number two here. Okay. I think this one's going to be a little bit of an easier conversation. Um, I'll set the table. Go ahead. We're talking about Zach Ertz. Lou, you're going to be. uh, Howie Roseman. Yes, I'll from, be the Eagles GM, Howie from, Roseman. From Philly. And I'm going to be Brandon Bean, general manager from Buffalo. Yeah. So, ring, ring, ring. Hello, what's going on? This looks like a Buffalo area code. Sure is, baby. Just got done smashing some tables. <laughs> Looking to smash a few more. I'm calling about Zach Ertz. Where have you, where have you been, Brandon? Um, winning the AFC East. Yeah. Where have you been? Just saying, you should have made this call earlier. No, 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 no. Your player's value has gone down. Teams have drafted. Teams have filled their voids and gaps. So now is the time where you're going to sell me the player that I need at a sweet deal. Um, there's, I understand what you're saying, but there's other teams out there. The Colts, uh, they, they, they hit me up. They love to run multiple tight end sets. They actually were saying they would love to reunite Wentz and Ertz. They're still getting – they're still recovering – from the fleecing of Carson Wentz. They're not ready to make this trade with you. I'm telling you right now, I texted, I I'm text, ready to make this trade. I texted with the Titans. They lost Jonah Smith. They're, they don't think they can get Julio, so they're looking to possibly replace Jonah Smith with Ertz. And also... All right, you're texting. We're on the phone. Okay. We're here. Deals get done now. Okay, talk to me. Uh, what is it? 
uh, a stone in the hand, or a bird in the hands, or two in the bush, baby. So let's talk and let's get this conversation going. All right. So what I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I have a feeling what you're gonna say, and I'm gonna dead it right now. Zach Ertz is literally one of the best tight ends in the league prior to last year, which was a fluke because our entire team performed poorly. He was just an innocent victim of the circumstances of poor play. So before last year, he was selected to three straight pro, pro bowls. All right. He's a complete tight end. He's never going to come off the field for you, man. Teams often kick themselves in their ass when they go to tight end purgatory. As Dallas, the Jets, Cincinnati, Arizona. You guys, you can't tell me, uh, Brandon, that you're a little, not a little nervous what's going on in the AFC East now. I know you're the top dog now. You got Miami breathing down your neck. You got the Jets, what they're doing. Bill, you woke a sleeping giant, Bill Belichick, who spent $200 million. You need another player on that offense. Uh, you lost John Brown. Uh, so I'm just going to say, we're, we're not giving this guy away. And I don't expect you to, but I know you're, you're selling me on something that they call FUD. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. But go find yourself. And I am not taking the bait. You have so many other priorities right now as a team. I want to aid. I want to relinquish nearly $13 million on your cap hit this year so you can go spend that freely next year and support your first year. You are such a gentleman. Thank you. (laughs) But let's let's also not forget about the next two years that he's going to be under contract for you for less than $2 million. I'm not forgetting about those. That's why I made the phone call. Um I'm going to I'm going to make you an offer. Okay. And I'm going to give you 30 seconds to accept it. Okay. Go ahead. I'm going to give you a 2022 fifth round pick. I can save you 27 seconds to say no. Let Counter me. me. Okay. Let's go down a memory lane, shall we? Tony Gonzalez got traded back in 2009 to Atlanta for a second round pick and he was 33 years old. How old's Ertz? This is Tony Gonzalez versus Zach Ertz. Yeah, but it was towards the end of his career. They're still not even on the same playing field. Uh, all right. What about this? Jimmy Graham was part of a package where he where he was sent along with a fourth rounder for Max Unger in a first round pick. Graham was 29 years old. Similar. There was a fir- there's a first round in there. Hold on, hold on. I got one last one for you. Baltimore sent Hayden Hurst in a fourth rounder for a second and a fifth rounder to Atlanta. Aiden Hurst. Who's 24, 25 years old. And is not good. This guy went to three straight bo- this guy went to three straight Pro Bowls before the last year. Okay. But I- we're crossing the pinnacle age of 30. I can I can only pay on previous production and I'm not going any further than the year before because once the body starts to deteriorate it starts to deteriorate right. so I have to hedge my bet so again right, I'm, I'm going to counter 2022 now, fifth round pick now now I'm going to counter I will give you this is my first offer I will give you Zach Ertz and a sixth rounder for a 20 2022 third round pick no this is my last and final offer I will give you a 2023 fourth round pick. For Ertz? For Ertz. Can you throw AJ Espinenza in there too? No player, just the pick. Why do you need him? You drafted two I need de- I need depth. You and just drafted two edge rushers. All right. You can never have too much too many edge rushers in the NFL. I'll do it for a fourth. In 2023. 
No, you said 2022. Oh, I said 2023. Oh, I'm not doing 2023. Play back the tape. I play, I said 2023 no. for All a right, round so, pick. No, I'm not doing it. I'll do it for 20, 2022. No. I'm not doing it for 2023. Best I can do in 2022 is a fifth round pick. Nope. Sorry. All right. Good luck trading him to the Colts. I, I can hold on to him too, you know. So he can play seven games for you next year? I need those seven games. That, that gives me two wins. Two more wins, maybe. Have you looked at the games he's played before? First of all, he played 11 games last year. That's what I said, 11 games. You said seven. No, I said, and it'll give you seven this year. Oh. Body deteriorates. <laughs> Just because you're 30 years old doesn't mean... Athletes are keeping up with their bodies even more so than they're playing longer into their careers. I don't want to hear that. Don't, I'm, don't, don't do that. So, no deal. 2023 fourth nope. round pick. No, 2022 fourth or nothing. Nothing. Thanks for taking my call. Hold on. I got one. See up. ya. I got to go. All right. I'm I'm calling somebody else about. I'm calling about Eric Ebron. <laughs> Eric Ebron. <laughs> well, actually, I'm calling 49ers and I'm going to talk to them about Ross Dwelly. <laughs> okay, so okay, right, we're let's, roll let's talk about, yeah, yeah, Hold yeah, on, yeah. real quick. If, what was if I offered a 2022 fifth rounder in AJ Epinenza, what would, what would you say to that? Um, I probably still would have said no. Okay. Um, what's up, Nezza? Going into his third year at this point? Or going into his second year? Yeah, like I still got to see what's there. Um, and I, you know, again, you can never have too many edge rushers. We've talked about that multiple times. Yeah, I just feel like they're kind of, I feel like Buffalo. They're, they're deeper there. Like it's an area of flexibility for sure. Um, but I think I'd rather hedge my bet. If I'm even in the discussion of only trying to give you a fifth round pick, like I'm not coupling in a player for that. Um, outside the role play, I think Ertz does get moved for like a fifth round pick. No, I, I, think I do too. I think it's possible, you know, but like it, it, it's just a matter of time, you know, it, it's like when's the timing? If these conversations were happening pre draft, a fourth, a third, a little bit more realistic, but they, teams they, didn't wait and they well, went and got their players. Pre draft, they wanted the third. Yeah. Uh, the Chargers were interested. They said, uh-uh. Yeah. There was another team that was interested, and uh, they said, no. I think it might have been the Colts, not for third. You got to think about it. After the draft and some more moves and what have you, that def- that value definitely goes down. Yeah. I, I'd Probably to a, f- a fifth. Yeah. I I mean, I have or one here. Could, 20, or it could 20. be like a, like a, a fourth-round pick. And like a seventh-round pick. or No, a fourth-round pick and Zach er- and for Zach Ertz in the sixth or something. You know, yeah, something couple, like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're really Getting a pick in return. Yeah. Um, but again, I think it goes down somewhere a late fourth, fifth. And I, I think the higher the pick gets, it gets pushed out years, right? And like Philly's going to have to – Where do you think he goes? So I think Buffalo and Indy are the two top teams, and and for obvious reasons. I think Indy, for the quarterback reunion, former offense coordinator, now head coach reunion, knows the offense. I think Buffalo, because Buffalo's just always been a tight and needy team, right? And I think that doesn't complete their offense, but brings them another step closer. Like Zach Ertz is still – if he's on the field, he's still going to be productive. You still have to account for him. But I – my football IQ, my football mind always says, I've seen this story way too often where they just hit this point and the preceding injuries, like... But it's not it's, he has been... Uh, it's not long-term injuries, right? But like this could be where it starts to break down a little bit where he may never see a full 16, 17-game season for the rest of his career. Or it could be kind of like what happened with 
Um, What's his name from uh, the Chiefs? Someone to Atlanta that was just talking about Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez. He had a, 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 a new career going into Atlanta. Yeah, but this is arguably the greatest tight end to ever play the game. I get and it. this is like the same thing as like a Jerry Rice argument. Like, dude just got better when he got to Oakland at that point yeah, in yeah. time. You know, like those people are few and far between. It's crazy. How did Hayden Hayden Hurst go for what he did? It's need. It's based on need. It's based on need. It's based on youth, and it's based on like where you think you're. This is why I think Buffalo would have the most appeal to Ertz and Ertz has the most appeal to Buffalo because the need says, if I look at my team just on paper, the, t- the tight end position is all I need, right? Like as a prominent player at the tight end position. So I'm just going to spitball here. I'm just, you know, shooting from the hip and I'm thinking off the cuff. I uh, can't think of another cliche to say, but does everyone keeps on saying, or, you know, Buffalo needs a tight end. Buffalo needs a tight end. They could have drafted a tight end in this draft. They had numerous chances to even enter, kick the tires and other tight ends in free agency. Maybe Dabble's offense does not covet that position. Maybe that's not what they're looking to do. Sure. Because I'll tell you right now, why haven't they even really touched the tight end position? I don't understand that. I, I and, and admittedly, I'm not as well versed in Davos offense as maybe a Buffalo Bill fan is or something along those lines. And you could be, I think that's a, could be a very accurate assessment that that is not a coveted position in their scheme, in their scheme. So they're, they're going to just, they're gonna just do, they just want their tight end to be an extra blocker. Yeah. You know? You're a six lineman, you know, like I feel like every they, once in a while, I'll sneak you out. I mean, listen, I could be wrong. I've, I watched Buffalo and what have you. I feel like they're more of a spread, uh, spread out more type of offense. Uh, they like those burners. You got Beasley. You got some other young burners out there too. I don't know if they really want the, uh, a, a plotting tight end there. Yeah. I mean, again, I think at this stage in Ertz's career, he's more of a, on the line tight end, yep. right? Like he's he's going to be a savvy veteran, right? Like w- Jason Witten, once upon a time, you could split him out and he'd create mismatches. An aging Jason Witten couldn't do that anymore. And I think that's what we're going to start to see with Zach Ertz. Like his football IQ is going to make him a better asset to a team than his athletic ability at this stage in his career. Yeah, his savviness, his route yeah, running, his 100%. Uh, yeah, identif- ability to identify zones. I'm just shocked like t- teams like the Titans, Arizona, Cincinnati, or Jets have not like... Listen, what do we know, right? Like they could be reaching out and kicking tires and sending text messages like you were just joking, but they could all be like, listen, I got a six rounder with your name on it for Ertz and Howie Roseman's like, go F yourself, you know? Yeah, like, because like here they are, they're starting with Jalen Hurts. They're going to need as much talent on that field. I know they got Dallas Goddard, don't get me wrong, uh, but can you, do they really have a plethora of offensive weapons on that team? I know they de- they drafted Devontae Smith. They have Jalen Rager. Still don't know what you, you just don't know what you have in Jalen Rager, but outside of, you really don't have too much certainty and once the best thing for a young quarterback is their tight end as a security blanket, now you have possibly two. You can maybe run like a like a double tight end personnel. Yep. Just like, hey, we're we're going to get our price, or we're just going to formulate our offense the personnel that we have. Yeah. Again, they're not in a position to, to your point, right? Like he, he carries a heavy cap number right now, but next two years that he's still under contract, that number becomes much more favorable. Mm-hmm. So that, if, he that's reju- a selling point. if he regenerates himself from a, an injury standpoint and doesn't show rust and doesn't show age, like 
good for them. It behooves them based on that offense to have two versatile tight ends in Goddard and Zach Ertz. Last last quick thing, Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, came from the Colts, then came from prior to Colts with the, the Chargers. One thing both the Colts and the Chargers both covet is multiple tight ends. You have your one star tight end and then more of like your blocking tight end and what have you. So that being said, I can still see them carving a role for if they don't get their price, covering a role for Ertz. Yeah. I, he doesn't have to go, right? And I think teams know that and they're going to take their shot and just say, this is what I'm willing to offer yeah. and hope 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 they, you know, hope they bait the, the Eagles into making the swaps. All right, let's get away from tight end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nonsense. Yeah, this talk. is where uh this is I've been waiting for this moment, right? This is I, gonna be a bloodbath. Yeah. So it will be blood. Aaron Rodgers. Lou, are you going to be John Elway, or who are you going to be? Uh, I guess I'll be George Patton, the, uh, their new GM. Okay. I mean, he he was in charge of the draft this year. Elway really said he's hands off, but I doubt I doubt Elway is. Uh, I'll be Patton. Okay, so I'll be. But there's just know that Elway is going to be whispering in my ear. He's literally standing behind you. I'll be Brian Gutekust. That's a hard. I'm going to yeah. call you Brian because yeah, that's yeah, a hard yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm from the from the Packers. Ring, ring. This is Brian. Hey, Brian. It's George Patton, Broncos GM. Uh, Denver, how you doing? I'm, I'm great. I'm just going to tell you that you're going to have to wow me. I, I already know what this phone call is about. You're going to... The answer is no, but you're, you're going to get an opportunity whoa, to wow me. Whoa, No pleasantries? I actually was calling because... I'm having a dinner party later on this month, and I'm having a charcuterie platter. I need to know what the best cheese place is uh, to uh, Wisconsin. That, what do you think I was calling you for? I'm a transplant Green Bay guy. I don't eat cheese. I don't know. <laughs> You're lactose intolerant? Yes, yeah, me very too. Much. I'm vegan. <laughs> I'm vegan. <laughs> so let's, all right, let's cut the bullshit. All right. Um, you know what we're calling. We want Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you have a problem on your hand, too. Let's help you. Let's work together. Let's get this done. I, I know what you're seeing in the media. I know what's being portrayed. And regardless of what you're hearing, Aaron Rodgers is a Packer now, and we're doing everything in our power to keep Aaron Rodgers. Here is why. This is a three-time MVP of the league, a one-time Super Bowl champ for this franchise, over 51,000 career passing yards, over 400 career passing touchdowns, less than 189 to be exact career interceptions. We're coming off two consecutive NFC championships. We feel like we're uh, a ball bounce in either direction away from having multiple Super Bowl appearances. And this man is coming off of an MVP season at the age of 37. Yeah, I got, let me ask you, George. I got, yeah, listen, I would got you trade this man if he was on your roster? Listen, I got Google too. I can look up stats. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> would I? Would I trade him? Don't Google yourself. I, listen, boy. <laughs> listen, would I trade him? No, but would I? Would I put him? Put myself in this position to where you put yourself in this position with love? No, I wouldn't have done traded up for his heir apparent. So no, I would I this I would not be in the same situation you are now. And when you're talking about the media with the portraying, this is not like a couple of weeks back, you know, with the NFL draft saying, you know, outsiders are saying, oh, the Niners are going to draft Mac Jones. No, this is straight from the horse's mouth. Aaron Rodgers saying 
these things. And guess what? This week, your top receivers held out of uh, OTAs. You don't think they were influenced by uh, Aaron Rodgers? Next year, you're in a shitload of problems when it comes to your cap. Let us help you out. I'm not saying I want to fleece you, but just open up your mind to you know for this journey. I haven't hung up yet. Okay. Okay. That That's half the battle. That being said, again, put yourself... In our shoes, I know what I'm. You need I know to max, what we're hearing. You need to maximize. You need to maximize his trade value, and I'm here to help. Has you. anybody ever in the history of the NFL traded somebody that is the caliber of Aaron Rodgers? Yes, Joe Montana. False. Joe Montana, while aging and probably even younger than Aaron is at this point, was coming off of multiple major injuries and his backup went on to win MVPs what in they, the NFL. What did the, what did the Niners get for? I have it here. I have it here too. They got a first and a third. I'll give you that. A first and a third. Yeah. Um, this conversation's over. Hold on. But you were saying, I'm glad you brought injuries because I'm going to, let's say, hold on, hold on. Four years ago let's, on a freak fall. Hold on. No, let's address the elf in the room. It, you know, He's Aaron Rodgers is 37 years old, and he does have some injury history. And while, yes, he's played the majority of the games over the years, doesn't mean he has a laundry list of injuries that are cause for concern. Let's go down memory lane. 2006, fra- fractured his foot. 2013, shoulder uh, clavicle fracture. 2014, calf tear. 2017, oh, I'm not done yet. Another clavicle fracture. Uh, 2018, a severe MCL sprain. Can you see where I'm saying there's some concern? He's not getting any younger. So I'm just saying come back you to reality described a little bit. one injury that held him out. One injury. He had, for the remainder of the season, this man guts it out. He plays. I can't. Yeah, but he's, I can't he's, a 37, he's 37 years okay. old. He's not going to continue to gut So you want to go down memory lane. Have you ever heard of an individual named John Hadle? Was the forward pass even around at that time? This is 1974. We, the Green Bay Packers, to acquire John Hadle from the Rams, gave up two firsts, two seconds, and a third for a player that I don't care if you are a student of the game, you've never even heard of before that played a season and a half for us. Why am I saying this? If that precedent was set for a quarterback in 1974, what do you think Aaron Rodgers' value is right now? Counterpoint, guess what? It didn't turn out so good for you giving up all those assets for that older player. It didn't work out well. My, uh, let's go. Okay. I'm glad you said this because Denver received two first round picks, a third round pick in Kyle Orton for Jay Cutler. You want to do something like that? Two first rounds? A no. third? No, I don't. Okay. Carson Palmer was traded to the Raiders for a first and a second round pick. Definitely not. Yeah. These trades are outdated. I get it. All right. So let's let's not talk about John Hadel, uh, Cutler or Carson Palmer. I think what we have to do and work around here is the latest trade that just happened. The Matthew Stafford trade. Sure. Okay. 
I know Stafford is not as good as... And just as injury-prone based on your description of my player. That being said, he is younger. All right, so it doesn't even out, but we're, we're getting close. So for Matthew Stafford, uh, he was traded to the Rams for a 2022 and a 2023 first-round pick, a 2021 third-round pick in Jared Goff. So that's two first-rounders, a third-rounder in Jared Goff. Okay? So this is going to be my offer. I'm going to mimic that my first offer. That's going. Um, let's mimic that trade. 2022 first round pick, uh, 2022 third round pick, a 2023 first round pick, and Teddy Bridgewater. It's basically the same thing, just with Bridgewater. No. Okay. Go ahead. Have you seen what Tom Brady did at 42 slash 43? Does he have these injuries concerns? And also, were there any issues by him wanting to stay with? Uh, New England, you guys have a PR nightmare on your hands. So uh, that's my job. That's what I get paid to do. That's what the coaching staff gets paid to do. We get paid to deal with personality. And for the face of our franchise, it is in our best interest to do everything that we can to work it out. Here are the facts. If I am the general manager that relinquishes Aaron Rodgers, regardless of compensation... If it doesn't pan out exactly the way that it needs to, I will never have a general manager job in the NFL. If I'm working with a guy who we just can't work with and decides that he wants to hang it up and retire, maybe I get to stick around for a little while. Okay, so what are you countering with? I'm not countering with anything. You need to come to me with something. Again, There, we rattled off scenarios. There is no precedent for trading Aaron Rodgers, and I'll leave it at this. It is almost more beneficial to us that this man does not go to a team that we might ever see on our schedule ever again to go retire into the sunset and go host Jeopardy. All right, I'll give you... And I get paid back $22 million for that happening. All right, so I was going to save one of his offers as my back pocket. Ready? But I'll give you a choice. That same deal I just said, 2022 first-round pick, 2022 third-round pick, 2023 first-round pick, Teddy Bridgewater and Dalton Risner. It was, a, it was an up-and-coming interior offensive lineman. That's option number one. All right? Yep. The second option, which is our last and final option. So, you get to choose that one, but I'll just make it simple for you. Our next three first-round picks. Because you have to think, right? Aaron Rodgers so you, only has three years left. So, the first one is two firsts, a third, and two players. Yes. Versus three, three number ones. Yeah. If you have Aaron Rodgers, you're competing for the Super Bowl every year. Am I? Because I have to go against Kansas City, too. I'm just trying to keep up the arms race in the AFC West. Yeah. I will make a deal on the three first-round picks. Done. Out of the role play, yep. they're not trading Aaron they're Rodgers. They're not trading. There's no way you trade Aaron Rodgers. For, I like got out of the role play a minute to pretend like, how in the world can you be the general manager and look your team in the face and say, I didn't bend over backwards and take everything I could up the poop chute to keep this guy on my roster? Like, Lou, we went through scenarios. None of these quarterbacks hold a candle. Joe Montana... Is the only like Joe Montana's mentioned in the GOAT conversation. Aaron Rodgers will eventually be mentioned in the GOAT conversation. But even when Joe Montana was being moved, 
it was it, the the requirement was far less because he was coming off of a major major injury, an aging guy on a super talented team that already had a super talented backup that they were a hundred percent confident in. This team does not have that same confidence in Jordan Love. I assure you of that. No, they don't. It is. I firmly believe that this team will fight tooth and nail to do everything they can to retain Aaron Rodgers. And if they can't, they will let him, they will force his hand to make him walk into the sunset. It's not going to happen. He's going to be back. Of course, I, I, I was, Aaron Rodgers is one of the most arrogant football players you've ever met. It's okay, part of what makes him okay, so good. Okay, okay. so I actually want to go down this road with okay. you because I 100% agree with you. So I was looking, I was thinking about, I was sitting on the toilet and I was in my, my best thoughts come with, come with me as I sit on the toilet, right? So I was sitting on my toilet and trying to make sense of all this, right? And I started thinking to myself, what is this really about? And then I looked up Aaron Rodgers' contracts and what have you. Yeah, his cap hit, you know, this year is 37 million. The next one's 39 million, you know, in 2022, 39 million, 2023, 28 million. Okay. The guaranteed money's not all there, meaning he's got to play. He's got to play and they can cut him, still take a cap hit, uh, the dead money hit. But still save a lot of money. It's not a forty million cap hit like this, he should be. This is a money grab from him, and it's it's it reeks of desperation from that. Look what he's doing on social media. He's go. He's acting like nothing. He's like that new girl. He's like that girl that gets dumped by her boyfriend that's trying to make him jealous via like social media. Hey, I'm on Jeopardy. Hey, I'm partying with my new girlfriend and another actor in Hawaii. Everything's great. He wants to secure his, in my opinion, he wants to secure just another long-term deal or more guaranteed money. And guess what? There, Green Bay is kind of, up a paddle without up a creek without a paddle because yep. they have numerous issues, not just the personality of Aaron Rodgers. Like I said, next year they're in trouble. The too. influence of Aaron Rodgers is another issue. Like you said, the Devontae inf- Adams is not showing up to exactly. OTAs and things like that. Not only that, maybe then you start fractioning the locker room, but also you have to worry about your cap situations coming the next couple of years. So you're going to have to extend him and kind of do like a Drew Brees or a Ben Roethlisberger-esque, knowing you're going to be paying him when he's no longer playing. Yeah, the Bobby Bonilla treatment. A million a year <laughs> for 25 years. That was the smartest contract I've ever seen. Uh, the the reality is, is Green Bay still has to walk a really fine line, right? Because no team wants to set this precedent of like, just go prima donna on me, and if you're a superstar, you'll get what you want, right? So they have to treat this with delicate white gloves they have to be really careful but i also think there's a an aspect of aaron Rodgers digging his own hole deeper where they're like oh come like the the common fan is going to sit there and say aaron Rodgers, you've made over 200 million dollars in your career you've been a god in title town we've devote like yeah we've devoted no i know he doesn't care but he cares about his legacy. I don't care what you don't get to that level to even be considered to have a legacy and not care about it. But and he's he's slowly there's not a Packer fan out there that's like, oh, I, I totally agree with Aaron Rodgers right now. Like, no, they're like, shut up and come freaking win a championship, dude. You haven't won a Super Bowl in 10 years. Like, shh. Put I, out. Would, I would love to pull a pack, like a, a abundance of Packers fans and see who's siding with the team versus siding with Rodgers. Because I feel like seldom do the average fan 
sell them with front office men and management. No, they side with their team. Like, this is not a, a four-win team, right? Like, this is a consecutive NFC Championship appearances, a perennial playoff team with him at the helm. Saddle up. Let's get in this thing and let's go win this championship. And if we go win the Super Bowl and then you're still crying your grievances, well then, screw the management. Like, now they really got to figure it out. But if I'm a fan of that team, it's... What are we crying about? We're crying over spilt milk. You've made $200 million plus in your professional career just for playing the game, let alone your State Farm commercials and the accolades that go with it and how you're treated like royalty. Like, get your ass back in the saddle. Let's go win this, and we'll iron this out. And they're going to iron it out. Yeah. They're going to iron yeah, it out. I, they I have agree. no choice. But you know the NFL, it's all about what have you done for me lately. He just wants to feel extra love. But he's going out, going about it like a real prick. He, exactly. And I think that's actually – the longer this draws out, I almost see the the scales tilt a little bit back to the Packers. Right now, the leverage is in Aaron Rodgers' hand. Yes. But if he continues down this path, even less people are going to be behind him and like, all right, dude, what are we doing here? Like, do you really want to play football or is this just like – is this just a? Are you just being an attention whore at this yeah. point? One last thing, you think he's really going to retire? Because if he retires, he owes him I think twenty to thirty million. Twenty two something million dollars. I think it's like eleven this year. Would 11 you ever next want year. to pay, pay that? No, I mean the money he don't care because he'll go make that hosting Jeopardy, you know, or something close to that. So I don't wow, think that's the big deal. You can make that deal. much money hosting Jeopardy. Yeah, dude. Like Alex Trebek was making, you know, R.I.P. Alex, but he was making seven, eight million. I don't know. Let's ask our creative producer to Google it real quick. And <laughs> oh, show what was me, he making? Show me the numbers, but we're gonna need those numbers. Because I'll tell you right Man, now. you got it? You got the numbers <laughs> on there? But wow, that's crazy. I did not know. Yeah, bro. Do you know what Pat Sajak makes for Wheel of Fortune? $10 million. Thank Alex you for Trebek. our statistician, uh, Christian Bowe. So there you go. So I'm I'm, I'm net negative a million okay. year wow. over year. Like, that's nothing. Like, that's nothing, you know, for somebody who's made that kind of money. So um, yeah, he just needs to stick it out for three years. All right. So yeah. let's uh, get okay. to our last one. Final one here. Sean Watson. You're going to be... I'm going to be John Gruden. I should be Mike Mayock, but we all know. It's John Gruden. <laughs> it's John Gruden. Yeah. Um, so I'll be Nick Casario. First time general manager. I'm going to stress that in my role play here um, because there's a <laughs> lot of time pressure lo- on that. First, first time, long time. First, first time, long time. time. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Ring, ring. Nick Casario. Hey, Nick. It's John. First time GM, Houston <laughs> Texans. Hey, Nick. It's John Gruden. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing real well, Mr. Gruden. I was a huge fan of you on Monday Night Football. Ah, uh, thank you, thank you. Appreciate that, man. Uh, Does Mike Mayock not work there anymore? Oh, uh, my. Uh, <laughs> I told Mike Mayock to start lacing up my sh- my sneakers, so he's uh he's out there. In Get the your back. shine box. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm giving a call. Uh, you guys have had a you know tumultuous off season, to say the least. And me being the the, the caring eldersman in the NFL as I am. I want to see if I can help you out. Uh, I want to see what, what we're going to talk about Deshaun Watson here. What is it going to take uh, for him uh, for me to pry him from your hands and take him off your head? Yeah, so I'm an inexperienced first-time general manager, but I've been I'll around. Treat, I'll treat you with kid gloves. Please. Um, but I'm going to put all my cards out on the table, um, which is not the Patriot way. This is going to be the new Texans way. We're going to be very transparent in how we engage our players and engage this organization like a Deshaun it's, Watson text message. It's yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It's very hard for me to want to trade my franchise player. 
despite what you might think you know about this organization and my predecessors, um, please know that you are not pulling the wool over my eyes and think that we are giving players away for pennies on the dollar I, I, or Skittles for that matter. We are talking about a 25 now, 26 in-season year-old, three-time pro ball quarterback, uh, the face of this franchise, regardless of what you see in the media. Our fans love and adore number four. And since my organization's been in here, we've done nothing but support number four and want him to be here. Our door's open for conversations. Yes, candidly, he doesn't seem to be too willing to engage in those conversations just yet. But he's clearly dealing with some outside influence right now that's making that a little bit more difficult. I want to change his feelings. I want to build around this gentleman. But I'm no dummy. I'll listen to what you have to say. I appreciate that, man. I really do. You're a true primetime game, gamer, man. <laughs> it's my first time. I'm nervous. <laughs> uh, yeah, his uh, legal uh, legal battles are worrisome, to say the least. But I'm going to rest assured the Raiders organization is used to dealing with troubled individuals, and we have the best legal team in the NFL, so we'll take good care of him for you. Uh, some concerns we have, when is this guy going to be cleared? Uh, what, what are the ramifications of the conclusion of this legal procedures? How many games he's going to miss? When will he be able to play? I'm looking at situations like the Michael Vick situation, the Ray Rice. He's going to probably be suspended by the NFL from eight games to a year or so, I would think, depending on what's the conclusion. Uh, I know he's a talented player. I wouldn't be calling you if he wasn't. You know, He was on my quarterback club a couple of years back. I, I fell in love with the kid. I just feel like your organization, the marriage is, the marriage is over. It's, you, know, you can't say the kids are gone. You know, little little baby J.J. Watt left and, you know, little little baby J, uh, David on Clowney, he found a new home. Just DeAndre, don't, DeAndre, don't bring up Nuck. Don't bring up DeAndre. DeAndre Hopkins, you know, he had a, he parted too. Yeah. So I think you didn't even include this guy in your flyers for the season. So I think we really should try to help each other out and – I also don't see too many other suitors that are probably calling you. Who else is probably reaching out to you? A lot of teams who 